Hello, everyone. Welcome out to this episode of The Good, The Bad, and Geeky, episode 368. We're kind of all over the place in this one, but uh, we have, you know what? I don't know what the show is right now. I know what the show is, but I don't know. I don't, I'm hoping to have it out by the time we're recording this, by this Friday. And mm-hmm. if so, check out the speed at the speed of Jake. For tickets, go to madlab.net forward slash tickets.html. But if not, get ready for Theater Roulette. Yay! Yay! That's why I was like, wait a minute, how's this going to go? And then also check out our friends like Pack Rat Comics, uh, gbgpodcast.com, and our official sponsor of the show is Audible, over 200,000 titles to choose from. I'm just going to plug Keith on this one. J. Keith Jackson, not Keith Jackson, but J. Keith Jackson. Check out five of the six books he's narrated. You can get more at uh, audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. And it's a it's a it's a 14 day trial. You can check out, uh, get a free book in the process. And you know what? Say it's too much for you, Amanda. You know, it's just money's too tight right now. And but you you want to sign later. You know what? You can keep your book and cancel the trial. It's just what? that what? Just that easy. And uh, last but not least, do you have a problem with rampant Sasquatches stealing your apples? Maybe a ghost hanging around your basket nook saying mean and scary things about your hair. In either case. You need to get help from Squatch Smashers Weekly Comedy Podcast. Follow the advice and adventures of Zeke DeFlower and his unwilling co-host Vlad as they explore the world of Bigfoot and the supernatural from a t-shirt kiosk in a failing mall. Listen to Squatch Smashers Weekly Comedy Podcast. It's all done anyway, so check out IBDPresents.com and please support all the programming. That's a new show, and it's such an interesting tagline premise. Uh But then I'm just like, what the fuck? I, I still just can't, like... I know what they're probably doing. I just can't wrap my head around it just yet. That's why you should go listen to it like I will later today go. on the car ride. See how I saved it there mm-hmm. at the end. Actually, they did also add an actual uh, Bare Naked Ladies podcast, uh, which I probably should have plugged that one instead right now because I know 100% what that one's about. <laughs> but like I do here at GBG, everything's unprepared. So there, here you go, iabdpresents.com. But on the show uh, this time is as it was last time, but you can hear her, we hope, is Amanda, dear God, is, <laughs> we'll find out later tonight, Amanda Iman from Amanda's Picture Show, a go-go, and Culture Pop, a go-go. You God, did it! Maybe I'll fuck it up later. Maybe. Let's, let's find out. We'll but see you can if you ch- remember. You can check out that and many other podcasts and projects she has going on at amandaagogo.com. And matter of fact, even when she's not here, we'll probably be plugging it for the next few episodes since the snafu from the last episode. AK, where it's merely just going, well, what do you think of the movie? I think it was really good. <laughs> um, we, I don't know what happened. It was audio issues. Um, and I think somehow it was more on my end. And I don't know how. I don't know why, but um, sorry. But just know that if, if you can hear her, it's a good conversation. We talk about glitter, all types of stuff. That's we, the last episode. This episode, yes. though, all kinds of crazy stuff. And I might tell you right now, as we're recording this, might split it up into two episodes. That makes sense. Technically, Get up because we're gonna talk about Isle of Dogs. Yes. And and after that point, I don't know where the fuck it goes. It and it then, goes around a little bit. And then uh maybe. And, and maybe. No, maybe, maybe, maybe because we haven't recorded it yet. Right. Right. But if we did, it's probably gonna go a lot of places. Maybe we talk about but actors we, who hate Jews. We talk a lot about anim- anime. We maybe talk, talk about, about animation. <laughs> I'm doing a bad job at keep, keep keeping no. up this premise. <laughs> um I always do a bad job of keeping up this premise. It's actually one of the, you know what, guys, just take a drink. It's actually just, just take the whole drink. Uh, but no, and we then we may or may not talk about another big movie, which again, that's the part where we might split off into its own episode. Or we might like, if you want to hear how this conversation ends, go to part two, release next week. And then yeah. there'll be that. Or we don't, I, know, I don't know. Or it might be the whole thing. I don't know. You know what? It's just going to be an in the moment decision. In the moment. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. You know what? It's almost like, it, it's, yeah, yeah, it's like watching a thing and you don't know what's going to happen. It's like when, when you experience something new for the first time and you don't know what's going to happen. Almost like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like going into a theater and having no, you know, it's like going to see Star Wars and not seeing any of the trailers. What? Who does that? Only Keith Jackson. Casey May does it sometimes That's too. true. Casey, Casey does, does too. Does sometimes too. <laughs> I'm, oh man, I don't know how those guys do that. Cause I'm sorry, I at least need to see something to go like, and also the Star Wars trailers are actually well done. Yes. Yeah, they, I feel they really are well done. Um, to that one Twitter guy that ruined Last Jedi for me though, fuck you and thank you all at the same time. Oh, who is this I, man and do uh, I need to hunt him down? No, I, I was just checking something out that Mark Hamill was looking at. 
and I saw, you know, I just look because sometimes the people who tweet on, after he tweets it are also funny and yeah. he interacts with them. And someone just said, I know that it's like, fuck you that Luke dies at the end. Just saw the screening at the whatever. And I was like, you ah! piece of shit. And so then, and Grant, I thought that was going to happen anyway, but then I just got really, I mean, I got like Robin Williams sad about it and I don't, it's so stupid. I really did. And I just, I, it, it destroyed me. But then, and then when it happened, it just like, I was kind of like, I was actually in a stage of grief while I was watching the movie. Yeah. And then when I saw it the second time, I was able to enjoy the story. And then instead of just cry, do a full on sob. <laughs> Cause the first time I was like, he can't die. This is bullshit. That's cool. But that's bullshit. And I was kind of like that. And the second time I was like, oh, Yep. I almost really did cry there. If you believed I was acting. Uh, yeah. Also voice acting at that point because I really, I, I feel perfectly fine up here. My eyes are dry. All right. So this episode, I Love Dogs, maybe Ready Player One. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. If not. Uh, maybe some animation discussion. But maybe a lot of animation discussions. And so, yeah, with Amanda from Amanda Picture Show at GoGo at AmandaGoGo.com. Roll it. This episode would have come after Pacific Rim, and in there, Eric and I says, like, well, I am doing some pre-plugging for you for the next few episodes to make up for that. And so we plugged Amanda's picture show, Go Go. Oh, thank you. Well, you're welcome. Uh, it was just because I was like, well, that sucks. So, yeah, don't worry. I just might shift things on Oh, here. okay. I thought I had moved the microphone. No. Uh, so where we're at right now is on the kitchen table in my basement in the studio. And this is where we record the RPG podcast. Right. And so these are maps. And instead of just rolling them up because we don't know what to do with them just yet. Yeah. It might be a while until we play next. We're just leaving them here to keep them nice and flat. That's and fine. instead of having us put the mic stands on it, there's like weird papers that are on top right, of it. Right, we're right. To yeah, protect yeah. the maps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But enough about maps. <laughs> enough about that. Uh, we're here to talk about maybe more, but particularly Isle of Dogs. Mm-hmm. We are both Wes Anderson fans. Huge Wes Anderson um, fans. What did you think about it first? Or just overall, just quick quick hit? Did you enjoy Isle it? Isle of Dogs? Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I really, really had a lot of fun with it. How did you rate it in terms of, just real quickly, not in depth, like, yeah, do, do you think it's one of his best stuff he's done? Or is it like, because I feel like all Wes's stuff is good. Is good, right. Yeah. For me, it is not the very best, mm-hmm. because- just in his two animated, I prefer Fantastic Mr. Fox. Interesting. Okay. But I still yeah. really liked this movie. So, yeah. So I walked away gone, like, I really enjoyed it. But, like, there are some things that just, and it's not the things I thought I was going to be irked by. Cause, oh, okay. Well, because the last week or two, as it was ramping up into more theaters, mm-hmm. everyone started freaking out about the whole oh, it's very racist against the Japanese and, and whatever. And as someone who's watched Godzilla movies and watched, like, culture, it's very... I'm like, no, this looks like a classic 50s, 60s Japanese well, movie. yeah, because... That's what Anderson was trying Ander- to do. Well, yeah, because Anderson wrote it with Roman Coppola and Jason Schwartzman. And there's one other person, wasn't there, outside and, of Coppola and Schwartzman? Yeah, and they purposefully... So I read an interview with Jason Schwartzman where he said that he was... They were basing... It was first... Him, his cousin, Roman Coppola, and Wes Anderson, they got together and they worked on the story and they were working on the screenplay and they were super inspired by Akira Kurosawa and his films. Which is And then awesome. they brought in Kunichi Nomura to help oh, with the story okay. because they said they wanted the perspective of someone who is actually Japanese Please. because they wanted to be culturally sensitive. This and is weird. I, and see, I see, it didn't bother Kunichi me, Kunichi Nomura... Does the voice of um, 
the the bad uncle uh, Kobayashi. 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 Yeah, he does the the voice of Kobayashi. So that's interesting. I hadn't heard that people were upset that it was racist. Be- I guess because I knew that they purposefully like tried really hard to I be saw culturally sensitive. Up on it on Facebook and Twitter, and and then I would read some of them and and some of the reviews that were like positive, but they were also like the negative thing is that, and I was just like, really? I feel like that's. And I'll see, I walked away not feeling that at all. But as a matter of fact, I was also more, my first thought was like, people ain't going to like this movie because of that. Just because they're not used to that. Because it's culturally different. Well, it's culturally different, but it, it, I mean, it takes place in Japan. And I feel like for the most part, they're trying to play homage to Japanese cinema. Oh, yeah. And they do a wonderful job of it, in my opinion. So, I love it. I, I, I just, I just interesting. don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... I didn't agree with those criticisms of the film. Um, and so going in, I was kind of nervous about it, but I was just like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> They're doing, yeah, because that's so in all the Gojira movies that are not horribly dubbed in English, Godzilla or the Gojira logo comes up straight across, but all the, the, the actors' names go down or up and vertical. They're, they're vertical, well, not horizontal, like it is in American films usually. Yeah, and I, I really liked the fact that and they subtitled they, them too, which was awesome too. It's like, what should we do Ed Norton? It was like, well, yeah, like I, I liked that me. most of the text was in both Japanese and English. Mm-hmm. I liked that you had characters like Atari. He didn't speak English. He spoke Japanese the whole time. So, ooh. and you don't. So this is where my critique of the movie comes in. Is you that you don't always know what he's saying? I didn't. I was frustrated at first. I didn't know what he was saying, and I know that was the point because, of course, like, does anyone speak his language? I don't. I don't. Anyone speak his language? Uh, Chief, you? No. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think he's looking. Oh, he's looking for his dog. Oh, well, he's the only one that's coming. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm fine with that. That's the point. But then when they started doing too much translating, I got frustrated because I enjoyed trying to figure out what they were trying to say well, without. And I know that's the point because then you're missing out on plots. And it's a I'm, I'm bitching to bitch at that point. OK. <laughs> well, and actually, the other thing I didn't like either was was Greta Gerwig's character. I didn't I it just didn't. OK, if it was live action, I feel it would have translated better. But just the thing it's like, I love him. And I was just like, oh, this part, usually in a Wes Anderson movie where they barely know each other, but she sees him from afar or he sees her from afar. And they do that really weird, like the perfect three force looking to the camera. Saying, yeah, I like love in him. Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise, well, all of them really kind yeah, of for the most part. Yeah, but when you have, I'm thinking more of like the teenage relationship yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, but there's all, well, just in general though, there's always those moments where it's either it's like they have the epiphany right into the camera and because mm-hmm. it's Wes Anderson, it's perfectly lined up perfect. And they just say, it's like, or you know, I'm I'm completely not even saying the right lines, but it's just like Owen Wilson. I think I might have. Wow, oh, wow. I think I might have tried to kill myself. Like that minute, but you know, that big moment. Hers was just like, I think I love. I think I love him. And I'm just like, oh, that doesn't translate yeah, well. Like animation. She's got a crush on him. Well, right. I get that, and it just that it it messed. It, I was like, this doesn't. It didn't work for you. It didn't work. Yeah, that's the better way to say it. It didn't work for me. Like, I didn't hate the movie, mm-hmm. but I was like, oh, I I would be better if they just didn't necessarily have that in the movie. See, and it worked for me having been like a 12-year-old girl and the way that you get crushes on oh, people at well, that point in time. Look, I am a fan of teenage films. Totally like, ridiculous. Films. Like, John Hughes <laughs> is my dude. Even though I don't care what uh what's her name said, she did an article, another article recently. Molly I just Ringwald. posted it, Molly Ringwald. It's a really good re- article. It's a great but, article, but, and I think it makes amazing points. It does, it does. But I'm still just like, but I'm still, I still don't think Ducky's gay because I was Ducky growing up, but I just wasn't gay. But again, that's from my perspective, but, being that same kind of person. That's because you identified with Ducky, and but you most are guys, not gay. Well, that's what I'm saying. Most guys, though, who are not gay, identified with Ducky for them, unless they're like the jock football but player. I think. I mean, this is off topic, <laughs> but I think the point of that article was not that Ducky was gay. Oh no, no, but no. That it was, but it was almost John like, Hughes did not know necessarily how to sexually. properly handle. Sexism. Well, sex, sexism, and particularly the roles of women. Correct. I mean, I still think he got teenagers down way better than we've ever. But that—that's where I was going more yeah, towards. Yeah. But the article, it almost kind of pointed. I was like, he made well because I kind of took it as he doesn't know sexism as well as you think he does. He doesn't know female girls as much as you think he does, but also just teenagers in general. Maybe he's missing, still missing something. And I was just like, mm. I mean, it's more for the women's sexism thing. Mm-hmm. But she kind of hints at that too, and I'm like. 
No, I, I no, because <laughs> I still watch those now that I, well, I watch any teenage movie now. I haven't seen Love, Simon, but I'm sure if I saw Love, Simon, I, I would just. I just saw it two days I, ago. If I saw it, I would probably go, this movie's great. It speaks it's, to me. All, yeah. It's incredibly John Hughes set today, but it's gay teens. Which is awesome. Yeah. I, well, but I mean, any movie that's a teenager movie, I will watch teen drama, mm-hmm. unless it's like super depressing. I haven't seen it, but like 13 Reasons Why. I probably would love that show, but I'd probably be like, that's suicide mm-hmm. depressing. Uh, but like any teen movie, I will always watch oh, for the end of time. I'm a sucker for like teen dramas on the CW. I love Riverdale. Well, now that's that's too far. You've gone too far. I've gone too far. Sorry. Well, I mean, it's Archie. And also it's the one kid from The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Which just blew my mind. I okay. Is he Archie? No, no, he's Jughead. He's Jughead. Yeah, which blows my mind. And it blew my mind too. I've watched the whole first season because it's on Netflix. I haven't watched season oh, two yeah, yet. Oh yeah, okay. But by the end, I was like, "He's Jughead. He's not that Zach and Cody kid. He's oh, Jughead." The only reason why I knew he was in it is because the other twin did uh, the D and D Force Gray sequel. With Joe Monte Joe Monteliero, whatever his name is, and the other girl from uh, True Blood, like uh, oh. who's in Daredevil. I can't think of her name right now. Plays Karen. Page. Yeah, Karen. Uh, sorry, Deborah Ann Wall. Deborah Ann Wall. Yeah, and they're gi- apparently gigantic D and D nerds, but they're also playing the game and they're talking about. Uh, oh, he's playing too. The other brother. Oh, and he goes, okay. yeah, my 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 other brother is he's doing Jughead right now. <laughs> Jughead, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> bitches, and and and. But I was like, wait, what? They what? And then I looked at the picture. I was like, "Oh, I know oh. he he looks completely transformed." Well, one of them was he the pudgier one? Because as they got older, one of them got a little bit pudgier. The other one stayed a little bit thinner. I mean, they were still kind of filled out. But the one of most them, I watched Zach and Cody was while babysitting children. So well, this, okay, look, when I would watch Kim Possible, they would show the stupid like Disney Channel promos, and that's no, no, the only no. thing I would see. I I know what you mean because yeah, dun, what, dun, dun, dun. you can't see me, but I'm doing like the, I'm waving a magic wand, and it does the mouse the ears. Weird. Magic wand that just looks like a giant colored stick. It's not a good wand. It's not Disney. a good, yeah. But well, they no, I know what you mean. That's like there will be times that I'm like, why do I recognize that actor? Like I know Pacific Rim Uprising. Unfortunately, you lost some audio for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one of the kids Sadness. in that, I was like, why does he look so familiar? Because I saw him in ads for other Disney shows oh, when okay. I was watching Girl Meets World. Yeah. Yeah, she, yeah, that threw me off of it. And at some point, I really just wanted to see everything from the dog's perspective, almost more than anything, and the boy. Oh, okay. Because I enjoyed so much of that. I did have a little bit, it threw me off for a second, but it was a nice twist about the whole, um, about Chief being part of the same pack. But and that's a very Wes Anderson coincidence thing because yeah. I was like, if this was in any other movie, I'd be pissed about this. But I didn't it's a see quirky it coming, though. I didn't either. Yeah. I didn't either. But right when it happened, I was like. Why is he white? Oh no! Is he? Because my first thought was, did he lose his memory or something? Are we? Is that what we're doing? And then I was like, no, no, he was because they had different snout colors. Different snout colors. Well, mm-hmm. right. And he even says that too. He's like, well, my snout's not my, my, my snout's black, or whatever. <laughs> he's like, this is freaking me out. Looking yeah, back and forth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 and and yeah, because I, I really did enjoy the movie, but some, and I just really wanted more of the dogs, just and the groups because they were so good together. Like just all of them, uh, Jeff Goldblum, Ed Norton was. I swear to God, is Bob? Bill yeah, Murray. Bob. 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 Bob Balaban was in it. Yeah, I, I re- heard his voice. Bob Balaban plays King, but the the main. Oh, the like, main one is pretty much Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston, and then, Ed Norton's and then you had too. yeah, Ed Norton is Rex. Bill Murray is Boss. Jeff Goldblum is Duke. Who who was? Uh, wait a minute. I realize I'm on Wikipedia. I could just check. I would say who was uh, Spot. Spot was um Leib Schreiber? Yeah. You know how he sounded like to me in there? He sounded like Kevin Klein. Oh. Because they didn't hear him talk really at the beginning until the end. And I was like, is that Kevin Klein? Dude's doing animation like a bitch, motherfucker. And then I realized, <laughs> and then when then right when I saw it, I was like, what was Leib Schreiber in the movie? And I was like, oh wait. What? Yeah, I I saw the movie on Sunday with Stephen and Colleen and Joe Lyles and my friend Tim for yeah for my for podcast guys. and when we came out, Colleen was trying to figure out who had done Spot's Spot. name and we saw it at Gateway and they have the big giant like 
poster, poster thing where, yeah, I mean, it's not names. a poster, like, display. And so, yeah, we were all standing there, and it wasn't just us. There were several, like, groups of people who had gone to see Isle of Dogs who were all standing right there, like, looking at all the different like, names. Trying to figure out who it is. Yeah. And- well, like, but I mean, well, her- I'm sorry, but half of the, the whole half of it is all name drop. It's it's just have. Did you not see that? <laughs> kind of. Oh, I mean, the, but their personalities were working. I don't like. Okay, if you had to ask me, what is Scarlett Johansson's personality? I I could not tell you. Like Bill Murray played a sports loving, or well, he's a pooch that is somehow involved with baseball. And I go, okay. Bill Murray, Jeff Goldblum is weird and quirky. He, lo- I just well, love, I just love rumors. I just, I just, I listen. People talk. Oh my god, I love Jeff Goldblum so much. But Ed did Norton you not see like <laughs> Angelica Houston is credited as mute poodle? Like sometimes it's just to have someone there. I, I you know, and that's. But again, I feel like that makes more sense than Scarlett Johansson to me, which is, I know, absolutely astoundingly stupid to say. But like, because I, okay, Angelica Houston, he's worked with her before and maybe like she just needed a job. I have no idea. But what it would make sense to me that Wes Anderson would be like, I, I just, I just, can you just sigh heavily or something? And Angelica <laughs> Houston's like, why, sure. I have nothing to do right now or I'm busy, but I'll, I'm stopped by because as a friend. Because she showed up in Dodgering Limited, and which, which oh, they, yeah. they didn't she's advertise the, that really. Yeah, she's the mom in Darjeeling. Yeah, which blew me away. Because mm-hmm. um, they didn't put that in the trailers, and they didn't really advertise it in the posters. The reviews talked about it after the movie came out. And so when she I, when she showed up, I was like, that's awesome. Was that you that came to me to an advanced screening of that at Gateway? Or maybe it was Jim. Might have been Jim. Because okay. I, I saw that at Lennox. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, I saw it more than once, but uh, I saw it in advanced screen. No, maybe. No. Or did I? I don't remember anymore. I it's, thought you were there, but maybe not. We were in this crazy long line all the way down the stairs at Gateway. Yes, we were. Yes, it were. I think. Did, See, I, think I thought Jim, that was I think, you. I think, I think, I think Jim, Jim was, was there, there with us. us. Yeah, because then. Yeah. We did that. It's so the one of the few one of the things we wanted to do back in the day for GBG, but we just didn't have time for it. Was we wanted to do like a cover for every podcast of what the movie was and then we realized a we don't have the budget for it b we don't have the time for it but we did this really cool one where it's like i'm wrapped up in the gauze nathan is the other brother and jimmy's the other brother oh, and okay it's yeah, somewhere yeah. out there on the internet it's actually a cool picture considering mm-hmm. yeah but but when she shows up it was like whoa yeah also courtney b vance is the narrator i was expecting him to be I one of the dogs and that loved i was happy him that, that, as the narrator he was great as it by the way uh ken wintanabe uh as the one of the surgeons that blew me away, um, since we're talking about Court- mm-hmm. Tilda Swinton as Oracle, she was fantastic. I didn't know she, it was her. She can tell what the TV says. <laughs> I just love. I loved her, and and you know Jupiter F. Murray Abraham was yeah the the one voice that instantly I was like oh that's I, that's him was Harvey Keitel. Oh, yeah. As soon as he showed up. Well, and I loved that, of course, Harvey Keitel is playing the dog who had to eat his best friend to survive. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, because at first I was like, are they going to make a, I mean, I thought they were going more for a mobster joke initially. Well, they're just going off of Harvey Keitel's personality, which is he's usually the gruff guy. Usually. Yeah. The it, weird gruff guy. Mm-hmm. He's a little quirky. I had said it felt Tarantino to me. It was so good. And, but yeah, yeah it, it worked so really good. well. Yeah, because I, well, I thought, because usually in Tarantino, the character I feel is like, he, the twist is like, he's worse than you think he is. And this type, this the twist is the exact opposite. He's like, I'd eat my friend. I, do you know how horrible that is? I didn't want to. I didn't want to. Like, and you're just like, <laughs> is he uh-huh, fucking with him? <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. And then they all fall in. <laughs> uh, no, but like, okay, so Bob Balaban didn't really, I could just tell his voice, but like uh, Ed Norton felt like a very like not like just a, a I'm a not like Sheldon Mopes from Death to Smoochie, Ed Norton character because he doesn't really do that a lot. I don't I've feel never seen Death to Smoochie. Like, fantastic. That's that's Amanda podcast. Yeah, the fucking great movie. It's the darkest shit you've ever seen, and it's fucking filthy as hell. Fuck, fuck, fuck. It's so good. <laughs> um, and God, oh man, Robin Williams. It's. It's I know, like, it still hurts. <laughs> it does. Man, it does. Uh, but no, Jeff Goldblum, just... Uh, but I just love that trio just having their little talks and conversations and it just... Because yeah. they're trying to decipher the plot. And I just wanted more of that instead of cutting... And I know they have to, but I was just like, can we just have more of them, please? Maybe, look, maybe there's a short somewhere that's just be. them I just hanging out them. on Trash Island. Uh, them and the incinerator, because we, we missed a good chunk of that. Okay, did you think they were going to die? 
Yes. I did too. Because, uh, okay, I'm sorry, but after uh, Grand Budapest Hotel and Jeff Goldblum got his hand chopped off and then he died, I thought, oh, because he doesn't really murder people in his movies. No, a lot of people, not necessarily murder, but a lot of people die die in Wes Anderson films. But I feel like they get hurt. They don't necessarily die. Who else has died? I mean, I I know Royal dies of, of old age. Technically, a heart attack, old age. Yeah. And I mean, you you have a funeral at one point in Darjeeling Limited. Well, but it's not by anyone they know directly, right? It's, but, it's just a general... They, they get, it's immersive in the culture. I feel like Anderson does not shy away from death. So... Well, I'm talking about like the lead characters, though. I well, guess. So even like, in Fantastic Mr. Fox, you have the rat. Oh, yeah. See, I don't really count. This is the weird thing. I don't look at Fantastic Mr. Fox because I didn't feel like that was... Okay, it's one of those weird things that it's a Wes Anderson movie, but it's not. But it's... I don't know. It's a weird thing. Mm -hmm. It feels incredibly Wes Anderson to me. Well, the plot... But with a Roald Dahl sensibility because it's based on... Yeah. Yeah. I will say I love the plot. I love the plot of this movie. As a matter of fact, I wanted to know more of like how this like shit just but actually it's just it speaks very much of what's going on now today which was really great um i wasn't expecting how much that oh. was oh it's technically f- fake news not oh, fake news, but yeah. i mean it is I mean, but like kobayashi it- is totally like to me a stand-in for trump at points all right ready player one i swear to god this will make sense okay the end of ready player one spoiler alert ends with the bad guy in that i call him krennic from rogue one he holds the gun up at wade and before he fires at him, he sees how happy he is holding the Easter egg. And then he goes, kind of, I took it as, I, I missed that feeling. And he puts the gun down and then the cops arrest him. And I felt like if that was me, fuck that childish feeling. I would have shot Wade because oh. I'm, I'm the bad guy. If I take the gun, Grand, I loved it though because it's Spielberg. And I was like, good, because story-wise it makes sense. But in the same regard, Kobayashi had a similar moment at the end. He's like, he can take my he can take my kidney to survive. And I was like, well, to me, okay, it was it was nice. Anderson trying to show that you can teach like empathy, and you can teach you know oh, you sure. can you can sure. teach these traits to people, and that maybe there is hope on the other side if we get rid of some sort of oh, bad yeah. power. So. It, and it, I it was feel nice. Like I liked it is what I'm trying to say. You also have but to consider Kobayashi is his uncle. Like, if you're a bad guy, you're a bad guy. That's not always true. I, I just feel like <laughs> there's no gray. Not in usually in movies, there are not. And usually, especially in Wes Anderson movies, I feel like the characters are defined by their very black and black and white sensibilities. And I I really enjoyed the shit out of that. That he did that, I guess. I just thought in contrast to Ready Player One. Because I always think of them as incredibly gray. The plot, es- that the, especially... the circumstances that are thrust upon them are incredibly gray. But they're very, very black and white characters. And Steve Zissou to... is very gray. You love him, but he's also a dick. Yes, but he's very black and white with how he handles things. It's either this way or it's that way. But he has things thrust upon him that have to, he has to respond and change and grow, which makes the movie interesting. But the characters themselves are very much like, this is how I am. And I don't do it. The only character I can think of that's 100% kind of gray from start to finish Mm -hmm. is uh, the one Tenenbaum brother, the one that loves Margot. But even then about Margot, he's very black and white, which is I love her with everything and I, or I can't deal with it. And he can't really deal with it. Richie. Yeah, Richie. Uh, Yeah, tennis player. Uh, but the, and now Needle in the Hay is playing in my head, and I'm sad. And then, ah, blood. Yep. What? What is uh? I, I just love uh again. He always uses Bill Murray so well, even in just little ways, like that movie. Oh yeah. Was it Dudley? Dudley is his is his charge that he's researching to write books about and things like that because he's Margot's husband and he's uh uh what is it something is Sinclair it Sinclair Raleigh Sinclair yes yeah, I knew it was a name after uh but I just remember like he's watching Dudley he's like oh go ahead uh-huh. and he's like doing a puzzle <laughs> and he does it horribly wrong he's like I don't think I see colors you're colorblind and, he's, <laughs> <laughs> and starts laughing it's such a weird little but again even that character like he's I, I just don't know but I, see one of my favorite Bill Murray character I mean well, I love Bloom's, obviously like Bloom is the pinnacle. To, I, everyone likes Zazu. I still go Zizu. back to Bloom, Zizu. I still like Bloom though, man. 
Like the, the, oh, see, one of my favorites is Mr. Badger in Fantastic Mr. Fox. He's not in enough for me, though. Because like, there's such a great scene where they do, like, the, are you cussing at me? You better not cuss at me. Cause, and, the, and then they get in the, they have the fight, and you think they're going to punch each other, but they're animals, so they scratch each other. Yeah. I love when there's things like that. Like, with the dogs. Okay, they're dogs, and they talk like jaded humans. And, you know. Oh, yeah. They, and, but then. Did you bite his ear off? I didn't bite his ear off. No, I think you bit his ear off. <laughs> looks at the ear you can't yeah. see us and, and they always, but we're both looking down like we're looking at the ear and then, and then and then as they all walk away he just like kicks it away like i didn't do that like that's how i took it it was almost like a i'm not that far gone is how oh, i took that which i literally like to but. me like the fetch scene is a perfect example of where i'm not going to do that I, yeah i'm not going to do this but then you can tell like it's the dog part of him that's like I gotta go fetch it. And then he's like, I'm not doing this because you, you told me to. I'm doing I'm... it because it bothers me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I feel bad for you. <laughs> Can I also say one of my favorite moments too, and it was a kind of a reoccurring motif for the character of Chief, is like, I, I don't make me bite you. I just bite people and I don't know why. <laughs> I don't, I just really love. Oh, yeah. I really love that. And the, and you knew it was gonna happen, but he was gonna befriend the boy, the little pilot at the end. And when mm -hmm. he does, um, Atari, it, it, I knew it was going to happen, but the scene where he gives him the dog biscuit and he's just like, this is the best thing I've ever happened. He cries. <laughs> and I was just like, damn it. That's really good. But, uh, yeah. Francis McDormand as the interpreter. I, I love like, that she again, was. I liked it. Yeah. I liked her as the interpreter. I liked when Atari says the haiku and she's like, he just said a haiku. I, I'll have to tell you about it later. Like, because she's just so overcome with emotion. I Okay, I didn't get that part. I mean, I really didn't. Like, I got it, but then I didn't get it. It's like a joke on Futurama. This is a math joke. I don't write, like math. I don't understand math, but I know that's a math joke. And by default, I know it's funny, so I laugh. I kind of felt that was the same thing. I was like, I get it. To me, that's a horrible haiku. Well, I th okay, so... Like, he condenses, like, he didn't even talk about main things. Like, it was just like, well... She, he said that it was going to be haiku about this, 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 and something else. And the other something else that he mentions is not even in the poem. Well, and that or the haiku. And that, that's why I was like, it's that's funny. The I nature just don't. of haiku is it's, it's short and brief. And oh, yeah. it, you know, it has five, seven, to, five. Yeah. But then the, the whole, I think to me, the whole point is like the first two lines have to do with what he's saying. And then he says the thing about the falling cherry blossoms. And it's, it's funny because everyone there is so overcome by this, but to someone like to us, it's like, okay, sure. We don't understand why you're so emotionally overcome. And that's what makes it funny. Which one, which one was scrapped by the way? Cause I just saw that that was Fisher Stevens. Yeah, that was, cause I, uh, I think it was Steven who noticed this was that's the dog who is talking to Spots when he's in the cage and telling him about the cannibal dogs. Oh. And, and he's the one, one of the things I loved, we haven't even touched on the animation itself. It's really good. Is all of the small details, like stop motion animation is my favorite kind of animation. Mm -hmm. And the way, like on Scrap there, in that scene, he's talking to Spots and the whole time there's like a little flea moving around on his coat and going in and out of his fur and everything. Oh, I didn't see that. Yep, I, I was the whole time. Okay. Well, I did they, I love those details. Did they reveal by that point that Chief was had like white hair? Yeah, that was in one of the because I remember I was focusing more on spot and not scrap necessarily, and I think I was trying to be like, what am I like? Where's oh, okay. the possible? I don't know. I I just that's why I was asking. I was like, did that? I feel like that happened after that because I remember the dog talking. I was like. Oh, this is cool. Mm -hmm. I love this. I love the flashback. And then I I I really just love that. I mean, I really enjoyed the movie. I didn't, it's not in terms of the Pantheon of Wes Anderson films, I think it's like maybe my third or fourth yeah. favorite. But that's not bad. I now see <laughs> I like it better than Mr. Fox, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. But they're like, yeah, I don't know. I just need to watch Mr. Fox again. Okay, here's a question. A question I have to you. Yeah. Are you a cat person or a dog person? I'm a dog person. That explains why you like it more than Fantastic. But I like foxes. Fox. Foxes are technically considered dogs more yeah, than cats. But okay, so when I recorded for Amanda's picture show Go Go a couple nights ago, yeah, I'm a cat person. Two of my three guests were also cat people. 
people. So that ended up being in some way what swayed people's like of the film to some extent. How? I don't understand that. I mean, like... Because so much of it is about, like, the love... I mean, come on. Isle of dogs. I love dogs. Like, it's all about loving dogs as a pet. And the fact that cats are not really a character at all other than... The Kobayashi super love cats, therefore they must try to kill all dogs. But the cats are themselves are not bad in that movie because right, the way right. the way the trailer makes it off, or what the other like reviewers would talk about, is that the cats are the bad guy until you see the cats, movie, and they're not no, at all. They're not. They're just a non character. Really but see, so I but but how does equating cats love Fox, uh, Mr. Fox? That's the thing I don't get. I guess because I don't love dogs as much as a dog person. Hmm. So, so in that, so in that, the other option just is Mr. Fox. Well, when it comes to the animated side, for me personally, it's also because I really love Roald Dahl, and so I I like that that is based on a Roald Dahl. But like, I I think if somebody is not as enamored in dog with dogs, watching an almost two hour movie about dogs is not going to make you be as enamored with the movie but like even though i feel like the plots but that's one of the things that's why i all dogs is better for me is this has nothing to do with its dogs it could be isle of cats the plot alone though is to me fascinating because it's like it's an isle of animal it's an isle of an animal of one kind Mm -hmm. that was purged from the biggest set of animals in the world are dogs and cats so if you even if it was cats the fact that they were all pushed onto an island matter of fact it would make more sense cats were on an island because they're they're assholes they're loving assholes. I know. No, uh, they're not all bad. There's a few ones that act like dogs that are super nice. Look, I own a dog, but he's more like a cat. You've met there my you, dog, yeah. Max. He's tiny. Well, but yeah, he 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 also is a dog though too. He loves the attention, but when he's enough of it, he walks away, which is a very cat like thing to do. Yes. But there are cats that are like dogs. The point is, <laughs> most cats, when they do the whole meow, meow, pet me, and then you go to pet them, and they go meow, meow, fuck you, and they walk away, that's the cat I'm talking about. It makes sense to me, more sense, that a cat, and all of them, would be like, they must be assholes. Let's kick them off to an island because now they're sick. That makes way more sense than a dog. But of course, dogs are considered more lovable, so I know that's why you do that, because then it's more of a, oh, they... Yeah, but... I, I, I guess that's my thing. I was like, why Mr. Fox? Like, I just didn't like the story as much in Mr. Fox. I love the relationships and what he did with the characters. But I guess between the two of them, that's why I go with dogs more. Because there's a little mm-hmm. bit more of that. Ooh, That's why I was kind of like, I want to see more of the dogs figure out what the plot is and not the human yeah. stuff. But, And also, I wonder, this is, this is interesting. I do like how he made the film Mr. Fox better, possibly. Because I know with that one, they actually ran in a farm out and just ran around the farm recording oh, audio. Oh, yeah, they recorded all So I yeah. wonder if this one was on the same way, too, I guess. I'm not sure. I know one of the actors, I thought it was maybe Jeff Goldblum, but it may have been somebody else. Where they just walked in and out? Well, actually recorded, like, over Skype or over a phone call or something. Because yeah, I think they that weren't was available. Conan O'Brien. It was Goldblum. Yeah, he's just okay. like, I, uh, I uh, just re called in skype and uh it was like an hour and a half long two hours and we're done mm-hmm. that's that's it i will admit that is a little weird because then i wonder well i because i think that was the thing last time is that it wasn't you know because i thought that was the thing is george clooney said they improvised a little bit on fantastic mr well, fox yeah the whole thing with fantastic mr fox is they were all together it was not recorded in the way that an animated, animated film no not film at all typically is which i think is kind of cool mm-hmm. um to do that uh but i don't know I'm torn. See, I really need to watch Fantastic Mr. Fox again. I, this is the real lesson of this. Because <laughs> I kind of need to watch it again. Because the first time I watched it, I didn't like it. And then I watched oh. it the second time, like when it first hit streaming. Mm-hmm. I think that, this is like a few years ago. And I was like, oh, this is actually way better than I remember. This is, because again, my favorite parts were the Bill Murray parts and the ba- the Badger part. Yeah. But he's not really in the movie that long. He's like, what, two major scenes? And he shows up again at the end. Mm, like three-ish. Three, three-ish, yeah. yeah. And I love Jason Schwartzman's The, the Sun. Yeah, he's Ash. Yeah, I love that I've, part. I've seen Fantastic Mr. Fox, Fox many times. Many, many times. I've seen it three times in theaters over the years. I Shazam. was supposed to see it a fourth time last week, but Jeremy and I both had colds. So that's been going around, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's not fun. So, Wes Anderson, if you ever listened to this, you did a great job. 
just do a short or a series of shorts with just the dogs talking. And also, if you listen, will you please be my friend? Because you have been one of my favorite people since I was in high school. So, uh, yeah. She is holding a glass of wine as she says that. <laughs> and she has a little French beret on, too. Uh, if that helps incite it any any further. And she likes taking train rides with Jason Schwartzman. Uh, Jason Schwartzman actually, is my Jason, celebrity crush. Jason Schwartzman is pretty fucking great. I adore him. I... I would love to just hang out with him because I feel that conversation would just be fucking fascinating. And I was like, could you sing to me? <laughs> <laughs> or it's like, well, he, well, he plays drums, but oh, he plays more than that. He, he, Coconut Records is technically, well, it is him. It's just, yeah. Cause he, okay. So all the songs on Phantom Planet that you really probably like, he wrote like a good chunk of those songs, like California. Because mm-hmm. once he left Phantom Planet, then they went a little bit more punk edge. And they're the songs, sorry, Phantom Planet, the songs are just not as good. But he had that really great poppy sound, which I really enjoy. And he kind of does that. He also proved to me that Kirsten Dunst can sing. Kristen Dunst, Kirsten Dunst, whatever the fuck her name is. She yeah. can sing. Not Kirsten. super great. She has a decent voice, though. A little mousy. So then when she sings in Spider-Man 3... That's why I knew that shit was fucking I was going to say, what did she sing in? But I haven't seen Spider-Man 3. Oh, that's because you're a good person. That You just never <laughs> watch that it's movie. It's because I heard you and it's, Jim it's talk so about fucking, how bad it was so after bad. seeing it like opening night. You know and that, I was like, that fucker got, he got it. that for me for Christmas last year. That was his, he's like, a, he's like, I saw this, <laughs> by the way, he got me something else. He's like, but uh, he got me like a Lego set for Turtles, which was awesome. He's like, Oh, and I uh, got you something else. And I was like, DVD? I love DVDs. Because you can tell from it. And I opened yeah, it up. It was Spider-Man shape. 3. He bought, it was like a like a dollar bin buy. And I was like, fuck uh. you. Because you know I hate this movie. It's, <laughs> that movie broke me of the curse of collecting all movies in a, in, a, in a series. If you don't like the movies, don't buy it. Simple as that. Like, Transformers? Okay. Do I need two, three, or four? Or that's the thing. I don't need to even buy the first one. But if I did, I wouldn't have to buy the whole series. I would just... Now, now, addendum to that, if it's like super cheap to get all the movies and it has, there's like a feature on there that I really want, then you make the plunge. But because that's more of my I filmmaking aspect. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, yeah, fuck that. You don't need to get that. Matrix also broke me of that too because I hated the Matrix 2 and 3. They were just god awful, horrible movies. There was no point to any of that shit I just watched. I didn't see the third one until years after it had come out and I was like, Oh. Do you see the second one when it came out? And then the I third saw, one later? Yeah, I saw okay. the second one in theaters. Okay, that's in why in high was, school. Yeah. That's why I was asking though, because I was like, if you see the second one, if you just saw one and skipped a three, you're you're technically okay <laughs> because there's no point to two anyway, really. Yeah, I no, I saw, you know, blown away by the first one, saw the second one in theaters with friends, and we were like, what's this weird dance orgy thing? And then <laughs> Yes. So it bothers me on such a level because there's no point to any. Is it cool, some of the stuff they do? Sure. Is there a point to any of it? No. Because they're just trying to get to the Oracle. (laughs) They do that in the third or whatever the name is, the Oracle and the Architect. The Oracle dies in the second one, right? And they get to the Architect in the third one. But like, it's all that just to see him and Smith finally throw down. I'm like, but they, he's been throwing. This could have been done in the last movie. It would have been so much better. Just to end it too, Hobbit. End it too. <laughs> Sorry. My 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 my, I mean, my first no. Yeah, look, you're not right. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. So, I love dogs. Uh, no. What about Yoko Ono? I that was a stupid. stupid I loved camera. it. I hated that. I that now that kind of annoyed me because I was oh, Yoko Ono. That's funny. And then when I saw the crest, was like, oh, see, I knew Yoko Ono, ono was playing Yoko Ono's song from all of the. All of the posters. I loved it. And I liked that it tied in. Like her hair ties were a Y and an O. Oh, I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. No. I mean, I do want to see it again. I, yeah. That, that, oh, no. I thought that was so clever because she wasn't actually playing like the, you know, she was the scientist's assistant. Like, and, you know, was had figured out the cure and all of that. I don't know. I loved well, I, that I like that. I loved the whole subplot. But that to me, I was just like. Yoko Ono as Yoko Ono son. Oh, I didn't. It didn't just. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't. You know, blowing one up my dress. It, it just didn't. Um, and it's a really nice dress with panties from Victoria's Secret. It, it, oh. it did. It did nothing for me though. Okay. Uh, it's kind of. It, it, it's up there, kind of with uh, Scarlett Johansson. Didn't do anything for me. I, I was just surprised. I was like, 
why did we need her for that? You could have got like a Disney movie star, a Disney Disney. Because it wouldn't be Wes Anderson if you got a Disney oh, movie star. He could have no, cast one of his have... quirky people. That Scarlett he Johansson fits in with that though. She's done Spike Jones films. That doesn't matter. Spike it does see that doesn't mean anything to me. I guess it doesn't. Like he usually has like and what Sophia happens Coppola, to the quirky like, she, background. Sophia Coppola would make more no, of but, a, make more sense to that. Th- my point is that Scarlett Johansson is friends with that group of people, like Spike Jones and Sophia Coppola and Bill Murray. So it totally fits to me that she's in this movie. Uh, and she also likes doing weird indie stuff. I know it just doesn't like if she had more to do in the movie, I would say sure. Well, but there needed to be more female characters in this movie anyway, but that's... Well, I did have a, a little... And also, they didn't really answer how the hell her coat was so good, and that bothered me, too. Like, you're on an aisle of trash. Everyone is having problems keeping their shit together, but yours is okay. That really... Now, granted, she didn't really... You, the, from the one scene you really... The, technically, the one real scene you saw her in until the end. Mm-hmm. I will say, she had more time in this movie than Jungle Book. Ugh, dear God. Mm, yeah like i thought she was okay cast in jungle book once i heard the song and i was like that oh, song that should have been in the movie, in the movie. Yep. yeah now oh here's a here's a question for you though do you feel like costa showed up throughout the rest of the movie like in the original animated or just have the song and then baloo saves them have the song and baloo saves them okay yeah, i'm fine. good like that yeah but i feel like they cut out songs that should have been there yeah and then had really awful songs that maybe should have been well, they only had like two other songs in there, really. Well, yeah, and it they was had... two people that weren't singing; they were talking to a beat. Bill Murray's was okay. That I was okay with Bill Murray's on that one. I will admit, I did not like. The... I liked that they had the song in there, but I did not like how Christopher Walken, the King, oh, Louis I'm one the King was... of the Jungle. Wow, the Jungle VIP. I was like, whoa, yeah, no, not that did that. not work for me. I like the joke of the cowbell. Good job, Mowgli. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> Didn't do anything for me. Yeah. Did not also blow wind up my skirt, John Favreau. No, but, I wasn't enamored with but, that. So thing. I am wondering. So now there's a part of me that's trepidatious about The Lion King now that I'm now we're starting. I'm still going to watch it. We'll see what I think. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, you have John Oliver as a zoo. Yeah. He's not going to sing The Morning Report, though, because I think he said that on, on Jimmy Fallon. He's like, I don't have any songs except for I just can't wait to be king. I'm like, mm. that's the thing that bothered me, though, is anytime they took songs from the Broadway musical and put it into, because there were, I think, two two songs officially cut from the movie, which was Chow Down and Morning Report. Like, they were pretty far along, and they got oh, okay. cut. And I was like, Chow Down's way fucking better than Morning Report. Why did you fucking do that shit? That, that's a god-awful song, like, in, in comparison between the two. <laughs> or add, a, or add, add the fucking Madness of King Scar. Anything is better than that shit. And then you animate again. And again, does Ron Atkinson do a good job? Yes. Does everyone they brought back do it, except for JTT, do they all do a good job? Yes, they do a wonderful job. Just, well, JTT was too old to do just basic dialogue. Cause, is that Lion King one and a half? No, Lion King one. When they re-released the movie, they re-released it with the Morning Report. That wasn't part of the movie. Oh, I've never seen... seen it without the Morning Report. No, I've never seen it with the Morning Report. Yeah, when they redid it, I think like five years ago in IMAX, they redid kind of like with Beauty and oh. the Beast. They redid a whole new scene from the musical, the Morning Report. Because I saw the Lion King in theaters last summer. Like yeah, last it was probably August. the original. It was the original. They didn't, they didn't have, have any extra morning... stuff. Yeah, they. They put the morning report in there. It's like, it's the morning report. It's the tall and Yeah, they do the whole song. And it's, yeah, I didn't know It's about another this. way that, because then that leads to them jumping on Zazu. It's that, in the musical, that's what builds up to. And originally, that's where the song was supposed to go. And it got cut. Uh, and then they did the Broadway musical. They threw it back in there. And Chow I've Down was. i the Broadway musical. And I also yeah. was not enamored with that. Yeah, Chow Down's a way better song. Because if you can get, first off, any movie or song, musical that has a song where someone's singing by laughing is gold to me. Little Shop of Horrors <laughs> does that. And Ed the Hyena in Chow Down did that. And I was like, I would love to see Jim Cummings do Ed. <laughs> I just love to see that. It would be awesome. But they didn't. They did fucking Ron Atkinson, which whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I am nerding out with rage. Rage. This Sorry. whole episode should just be called the rage episode. The rage. No, it, it, no, here's the thing. The movies that I'm raging about are the the ones off. And The Lion King itself is still a very good, very good story, movie thing. Yeah, it's yeah. Hamlet with lines. And I'm okay with that. 
I mean, I remember seeing that when I was a kid and I was like, Jesus, this is terrifying. Like, <laughs> dad died. What the fuck is this? Like, and and like they showed the body too. That was the thing that got me. They showed oh. Mufasa's body because I grew up Disney Channel. I know all about that. <sighs> Bambi, run, run, Bambi, run. And then you just <laughs> never see the body and that's it. And it's like, my mom died. And then, and you're sad about it. No, this one, dad, yeah. That's He's how not, Disney changed from the 40s to the 90s. Thank God. <laughs> Jesus. The anime, uh, Isle of Dogs, since we're uninceptioning from all that, um, Isle of Dogs, the animation, uh, which was your point initially, it was was fantastic. And I love the uh, cotton that they would use for the fight scenes. Yeah. Which looks like an old school, like, Looney Tunes cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I really, I love yeah, the shit out of that. Yeah, he used the Man. the cotton technique in Fantastic certain Mr. scenes Fox. in Fantastic Mr. Yeah. Fox, especially when things were like blowing up. But I liked how he like elevated it in this one because mm-hmm. there's one scene where Kobayashi is in like a sauna and the steam up oh, at the yes. top of the room is little wisps of cotton. I just I loved that. I thought that was amazing. Also, I don't remember it being in Fox that much or at all. Is the 2D animation too? Yeah, all of the the video, video cams, which mm-hmm. was really cool. That was one of the things Jeremy loved was that it went to the hand and it was hand done. Oh yeah, yeah, because we we always watch all the credits. We don't and need it was, that three D shit. Yeah, that was great. Three D, not like stop motion, Pixar CG. Yeah, I mean. but it also this is the longest ever stop motion movie, like stop motion animation movie. See, it didn't feel long to me. No, it's not. Because how long? How long is it? The movie actually is it like I'm looking right at it. Okay, so an hour and forty one minutes. Yeah, yeah, but that's still the longest stop motion. And we're going to stop there for the moment, friends. But heed my warning: a new GBG will be coming at you soon. And what delectable delights will be coming at you in the next installment with Amanda Iman from Amanda's Picture Show Go Go. Will they continue to talk about animation? What about Jew-hating Mel Gibson? Find out all this, maybe, and more. And an episode we like to call Jew-hating Mel Gibson or Ready, Player One. (laughs) No, seriously, add the evil laugh and it sounds cooler. Jeez! You're a creep! Go away! We're having a good time until you show up, cheapers! Go have some coffee with cream or something! Because I'll tell you something! This is a happy place!